0: Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering, do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? Fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you said you were gonna work on this. <laughs> oh no! I Every time I'm like, prep prep the Can Con notes, prep the band notes. Uh, and then, like, we start recording, and it's just like, oh no. Yes, and. <laughs> First rule of improv. The- wait, wait, ask me again. Ask me again.
0: Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe?
1: Yes, and so should you.
0: <laughs> she's done it, folks. <laughs> yes. By Jove, I think she's got it. Oh. So, this week, we're looking at season two, episode 21, Stand Up and Deliver first aired April 22nd, 2005. It was written by Greg Eckler and Michael Gelbart and directed by Steve Wright. We do have a guest appearance in this episode. It's Ray McAdam back again as Tim Brennan, who I feel like we haven't seen since My Pal Pronto.
1: yeah. And I was just thinking about it. Is, is Ray the only one of our core four who has any siblings? I think so. I don't think they're ever mentioned otherwise. I mean, we know Travis is probably part of a series of clones, but other than that. Yeah.
0: I mean, Lily pretty canonically is not because of the, the voicemail where she's
1: just, it's just right. her and her parents singing.
0: I, and I don't think Robbie ever mentions having siblings.
1: Yeah. Robbie only ever mentions his mom yeah i wonder if it's just robbie and his mom hanging out but yeah more more of ray's family history we get to see although i don't think we get to see his uh his weirdly strict polo dad
0: (laughs) not the polo dad hey
1: after that travis havis debacle i was writing a new song and i was wondering if you could take a look at it when it's done
0: travis Mm Mm-hmm.
1: see parker's trying to
0: write a song about travis it's kind of cute actually So we very quickly get one of our main plot points of the episode, which is that Parker wants to start writing songs, and she's talking to Lily about this, and Lily's, you know, like, encouraging, but, you know, is very much the kind of, like, songwriting expert here, so uh, (laughs) Parker kind of jokingly, like, writes a a song about Travis, which is just, like, cheesy, and she, like, rhymes Travis with, will always have us, and it's... It's just kind of goofy and bad um but she's really determined to start writing songs and do a good job with it and Lily is kind of like, "Oh, look at her go." Oh, like new baby taking its first steps. Parker it turns out, you know, is very quick at developing songs and is able to like knock out her first song in like a day and Lily's like, "Oh, oh, okay. Well, it doesn't matter if it's good. It just matters that you finish." And you can tell like it's very clear that she's like does It doesn't think it's going to be good at all.
1: Yeah, this is very much the second episode in a row where Lily's like, I am songwriting God, bow before am, me, Roscoe I High. I am High. music. I am the music of Roscoe High. In our B-plot, Ray and Grace are just hanging out on the stairs, again, being a fire-slash-trip hazard, <laughs> as, as the youths always are, when Tim and River show up, which I just had a flashback to- um, to that episode where Audrey and Lily almost seem like they're gonna make up and Audrey's like, we can hang out with hotties like River Pierce and Tim Brennan. And now we have the evidence that I guess they hang out. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I mean like we've never seen them hang out up until this point, but I guess they're friends. But they yeah. come over to the stairs where uh Ray and Grace are sitting, basically just to make fun of Ray. Just just yeah. to just to kind of dunk on him. I mean, they're brothers and he's gonna like yeah. embarrass him in front of his girlfriend, but uh that's kind of our our Return to Tim Brennan. It's just him dunking on Ray.
1: And uh, in fact, it becomes the topic of discussion in the radio broadcast later that day uh, when they're talking about bullying and asking, you know, the, the people who call in for their experiences and a couple folks give their thoughts. Ray has this bizarre response to one of them where, what did she say? She says something like, who hasn't been bullied or something like that. Yeah, and she-
0: like there's, there's one caller that calls in that says, you know, bullies only lash out because they don't like themselves. So mm-hmm. like try being their friend. And Ray's like, oh, great. I can see why you got bullied in the first place. Ray, what the fuck? Jesus Christ, dude.
1: <laughs> but Ray's on edge because uh, he he tells the gang that Tim did his Tim thing. I guess he's been using the same jokes for a while because Robbie and Lily know these jokes and they're like, you think you want to come up with a comeback by now, Ray? And Ray's like, oh, it would just, you know, I, all Mr. Funny Guy just goes out the window when, when Tim's around because I guess Tim kind of saps his confidence. And we get, I love how this scene closes because Travis almost menacingly is like, you know what you must do is you must find out his weaknesses and exploit them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very, cold. very Travis is a
1: spy energy. <laughs>
0: cold, cold as ever. We we do cold get a um, uh, recurring bit of the mentions of Garth Klimchuk, who apparently <laughs> has done a little bit of bullying uh, of his own in a, a
1: song called Travis Strong, Go Back to Hong Kong. I started following Brent Piaskowski on Twitter, and he made a Garth Klimchuk reference the other day, and I was just like, oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my boy, Garth Klimchuk lives. My boy, Garth. The Norton Brothers, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I have a brother myself. Some of you might know him. His name's Tim Brennan. Or, as he's known around our house,
1: guy who dances alone to love songs in his underwear.
0: So then we go over to Mickey's where uh, a (laughs) duo of a dude on an electric guitar and a man on an upright bass are playing the end of what sounds like a really bad song. (laughs) <laughs> just it's so strange. It, it, I'm so it just it sounds like two different pieces of music. And uh and it's it's bad. It's frankly bad, but the people at Mickey's don't seem to think so because they get a wild demand of applause. And we do get the continuation that Ray is now the MC at Mickey's, so he gets up on stage after they finish to introduce the next act, and uh he starts doing kind of like his stand-up bit that you do when you're like an MC of something. And all of his stand-up is about Tim and is about making fun of Tim. And um, we get like this great cutaway <laughs> of like when he first introduces him. He's like, you guys might know my my brother Tim. And we cut away to Grace and River standing and watching. And River just turns to Grace and goes, I know him.
1: <laughs> I know that guy. Tim <laughs> funny. I know that guy. You saw me earlier with him.
0: Oh, Remember? yeah. Him, him. I met him
1: but yeah, we get it's, it's
0: this kind of bit of bit. Ray Revenge doing his whole stand-up bit completely about Tim just just dunking
1: him right back yeah he's you know doing the whole like this is Tim when he was a kid like this is Tim being overconfident with women ha 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 except this is obviously in not, a not much more public forum than you know the uh, middle school staircase so we'll see what comes of that that's the best way for me to say that i love you in every way <sighs> well say something are you sure you wrote that song in a day parker shows lily her song and lily lily does the best like twitching internally face ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lily's just kind of staring at her like, uh, it's just, I don't even know how to describe this expression. We, we get to hear a little bit of the end of Parker's song and it sounds pretty good. And Lily's like, yeah, this that's not bad. Blah, blah, blah. Like, and she's being really weird about it. And Parker's like very earnest. She's like, Oh, really? Thank you. Well, let's let's work on it. I can't wait for No Man's Land to play it and then you just see like Lily's face just like darken <laughs> just,
0: just malfunction at the thought of yeah. their band playing anything but her music.
1: Yes. <laughs> My band. <laughs> it's very very that and even the next day like Parker's so excited. She's like You know, uh, excited to work on the song more. And Robbie's like, Oh, when do we get to hear it? And she's like, Once, you know, once Lily and Megan learn their parts, and Lily's just eating chocolate pudding and being like, ah, (laughs) just like (laughs) freaking out internally. And then, uh, Parker, Parker, and Travis take off because Parker's like, "I want to write another song, and I need more inspiration." So they're gonna find that supply closet or something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the janitor's gonna be like, "Good job, son." <laughs> and- Lily kind of says to Robbie, "Like, how do you tell your best friend that her song's just not that good?" Like, Lily's just giving off very, very weird, like. Very weird energy. And you get the sense that she's just being she's being super possessive. We go to the hallway where Tim confronts Ray about his stand-up. And you know, he says you're not going to be saying any of that stuff again. And Ray's like, "Oh yeah, I need some new material." Blah, blah, blah. And Tim's kind of adamant that he's that he's not going to continue. <laughs> River shows up just to be River <laughs> just like meddle with things and try and make them worse. He's <laughs> like,
0: God, you gotta check out your brother's stuff,
1: man. He's hilarious. And then he just leaves. <laughs> yeah, he's just there to to stir shit up as he does. Ray threatens to tell the Lacey McLeod story, which I guess is a is a wound for Tim because Tim says, you know, you will never tell that story. And Ray's like, eh, don't I'm just kidding. I wouldn't I wouldn't tell that to people. Um and so we kinda leave Ray and Tim. Ray's, you know Probably gonna try and bring out some more material, maybe just maybe it's gonna be just family related, but now we know now we know there's a sticking point. There's this one story and you know it's gonna come up at some point. Also in the hallway, Parker and Lily are talking about Parker's song. Parker's like so stoked. she's so excited to have written a song and she asks Lily, you know, if she can help her workshop it. And Lily's like, yeah, I, I can help you with that. No no worries. Um, but later on we get a, a scene of Lily and Robbie. Robbie tells Lily, he's like, you know, I heard Parker's song and I think it's actually pretty good. And Lily's like, yeah, if, if you like that sort of thing. Just again, being so fucking weird. It's so uncomfy to watch. And she makes this bizarre argument that and she's like, well, well look what happened to the Beatles. You know, it was John Lennon's band. And then Paul McCartney came in with yesterday. And then it's not John's band anymore. <laughs> uh, Lily, and then Robbie's I, I don't like, think yeah. you want
0: to be John Lennon. <laughs>
1: Don't don't be the John don't, Lennon. Don't be no, John Lennon. Don't be John Lennon. Don't imagine all the people. Don't do any of that. Robbie says, uh, "Yeah." And then they became like the biggest band in the world. So, yeah, Robbie's not really fully reading Lily, but I think it's it's pretty obvious that she's like, "No, it's my band. <laughs> I don't want to share it." <laughs> Hopefully, Lily's ego can deflate a little bit for her own good. <laughs>
0: So then once again at Mickey's, uh, Ray is doing his set and Tim is in the audience this time. So uh, Ray starts like talking about he's like, hey, everyone here's got weird family stuff, right? And Tim kind of gives him this morning look and Ray starts telling stories about like their dad and and their mom and like going into that area. And River, like from the back, just kind (laughs) of heckles. He's like, talk about Tim. (laughs) Uh, River's just there to
1: fuck everything up. She's a chaos entity. How are are they friends? (laughs) How is anybody friends with River? Any River's yeah, far too slippery to have any authentic connections. Ray
0: like hears
1: that kind of looks past it.
0: Continues with his his set, but then Tim starts heckling him, and Ray's like, "You couldn't you couldn't just leave it alone, could you?" And then starts to tell the Lacey McLeod story, which involves Tim leaving like thirteen voicemails on this girl's answering machine. And then shows up at her house to serenade her, but it's the wrong house. Uh, and we get like this this montage of Ray like dancing with the the mic stand. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've got we've got that. We've got the audience just losing it. We got River just just losing it, and Tim being uh, a very angry. And Ray signs off his set. By holding up a t shirt that's like,
1: I'm selling these in the back, and it says, I cried at camp. I think it just says, Tim cried at camp. And it's very much like, it's funny, it's in like the exact same style as the I Missed the Flaming Lips concert. T-shirt, yeah. so like Ray just has like a T-shirt guy, yeah. <laughs> like makes the exact same style of T-shirts for everything. I would,
0: I would love a T-shirt that says Tim cried at camp. Yes, I'm,
1: I'm yeah, here not, for maybe not as much as a man named George who is two inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Tim cried at camp would be pretty good.
0: I just, I, I love how like niche that would be. Also, part of the story when Tim went to serenade the girl, um, he showed up to the wrong house and like serenaded like some strangers. And like, how how old would he have been? Like, what fourteen, maybe when this yeah. happened? And, yeah, And the stranger's <laughs> response was to throw <laughs> trash at him. Oh no! <laughs> just just hucking garbage at him yeah. at this small just boy. Just just singing, just probably just singing a little love song at your window.
1: Yeah. <laughs> His voice cracking, from puberty. trash at him. Oh my god! Yeah, It's really really a, a sad story. As as Tim storms off, fucking River Pierce says, hey garbage man, have you taken out the garbage lately? And just like, laughs so hard as, as, at his own stupid comment <laughs> as Tim whips. <works. laughs> oh, River Pierce, I hate him. I do stand up too. Yeah, I'm funny too. I'm on the radio. That was a
0: great joke.
1: <laughs> that was a great joke. <laughs> Look at him. He's so, he's so sure. Oh, he's, he's so smarmy. So that's our first half. Uh, Tim and Ray have a rift and we'll see what happens with Parker and Lily.
0: So for this week's CanCon commercial break, we're going a little further back than we usually do, uh, but Ooh. I felt like we'd be remiss and we would um, we might unlock some fever dream times in some of our Ontario listeners if we were to talk about Téléfrançais. Téléfrançais. Bonjour. Allô. So, Télé-Francais aired, what from, is télé-francais"? Télé-Francais aired from 1984 to 1986. It was a TV Ontario production. So, uh, kind of hit a, a specific niche. It wasn't a show that we grew up with out in Alberta. But the crew for this show, it was created by Ken Sobel, who started writing on series like Fantastic Voyage and Journey to the Center of the Earth. He also has a credit for something called Nelvana Animation Two. I found out that there were these like VHS compilations created by the founders of Nelvana, so like uh, Clive and like Michael Hirsch and all of those people, and there were like these kind of like short animations put together in VHS compilations, kind of in the style cool. of like that, like. NFB um, animation yes. VHS that we like watched over and over again when we were kids. And then post uh Ken Sobel wrote for the 1998 Pippi Longstocking's TV series. Oh. The series was also produced by Jennifer Harvey and directed by David Moore, but I could not track down any information about them. But just to talk wow. about what the show is, the show follows the adventures of two children named Jacques and Sophie and Anana, a talking pineapple who resides in a junkyard.
1: Um, Okay.
0: (laughs) the series of 30 10-minute episodes has become a popular teaching tool and is used by many educators to teach French as a second language to elementary and middle school children. So that's kind of where it hits our niche of people. So not necessarily when it was first airing in the 80s, but many uh, people of our generation who grew up in Ontario and probably in other parts of Canada as well were taught, like, French through elementary school, through Telefrancais, like, wow. as, like, one of the educational videos that, like, a sub would bring into class, but it's one of those, like, just, just kind of, kind of fever dream looking shows, um, as <clears throat> evidenced by the IMDB description that somebody, <laughs> somebody has edi- edited to say, in fictional Canada, Paralyzed Ananda, after doing all war crimes, is retired <laughs> to a junkyard with children to tell them about the horrors of war, flashing back to his human days. Those killed show up in a band, Les Callets. So it's um, it's a uh, Jesus. It's a lot. So yeah, you've got you've got the two kids interacting with this pineapple puppet. Um, you've also got you know other characters. There's a puppet named Pilote. There's um. An animated series of a detective named uh, Monsieur proquois and then there's a band that shows up and does songs called Les Skeletes. It's a bunch of skeletons. Um, Jesus, and, uh, there's, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of moving parts here. Here's a, a Tumblr post that I found in response to the question: What's the talking pineapple that Canadians fear? <laughs> Um, the response to this says during the 1980s, TVO, a public broadcaster owned by the government of Ontario, ran a show called Telefrancais in order to encourage bilingualism among anglophones in the province. Naturally, it was determined that the best way to encourage children to learn French was through the medium of a lovable mascot. And since obviously nothing says Quebec quite like tropical fruit, it was decided that the mascot (laughs) should be la nana, an oversized pineapple who lives in a junkyard, the natural habitat of pineapples everywhere. Anyways, the animated opening wasn't so bad. If you play it, I'm afraid the theme song will be stuck in your head for the rest of your natural life. But on the show itself, the role of Landana was played by a poorly made hand puppet whose mannerisms can only be described as uncanny. Anyways... Uh-huh. While almost no one actually watched TVO, episodes of the show were considered to be a valuable educational resource and so broadcast in French classrooms throughout the country well into the 2000s. So I would say at this point, I would encourage you to go and look up Telefrancais and look up uh, Anana in particular and just, just get a good look at this this horrifying pineapple puppet. So it's pineapple with arms and legs and it's got these like very these like big eyes, big mouth, like kind of
1: like grayish
0: features.
1: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Isn't he beautiful? He he looks like he hasn't slept ever. He's got like these dark dark rings under his eyes. He just oh, he looks like he's done all the things in life. Oh my gosh. It's under that. Oh boy. That is That is a pineapple gone very bad. (laughs) Wow, interesting choice of mascot. Yeah. I I don't look at this and say, I want to learn French. Yeah. (laughs) Why does it have like a, it's like almost like a beak or something? (laughs) Yeah, his his mouth is
0: like very prominent.
1: And his eyes are very sunken. Oh, so sunken. Oh, no. I mean, he'd make a fun Halloween costume, I feel like. Well, the most niche Halloween costume.
0: So uh, Anana has like become infamous meme content. Um, you may have seen just this weird pineapple floating around the, the internet, just because he's he's a very haunting image. <laughs> a couple of my favorite posts from the Reddit r Uh The first being a a tattoo that somebody got of of <laughs> Anana oh, no. himself, but like throwing a Molotov cocktail, <laughs> and the text is Monsieur Anarque. <laughs> So beautiful. Wow. Um, Another one of my favorite memes from this uh, Reddit. It's like one of those like guys sitting at the table uh, change my mind pictures. And it's, uh, (laughs) les ananas ne parlent pas change my mind, which is very good. (laughs) Which is very good. Because if you watch like the first, like, if you just go and watch the first episode of the show, the entire first episode is the two kids going like, mais les ananas ne parlent pas. And it's just it's just that for like the whole the whole like first episode, (laughs) and it's just the pineapple being like I'm talking. What do you want? (laughs)
1: What do you want? Shut the fuck up.
0: Um, I've also found posts uh in other uh Reddit threads, um, some in the deep into YouTube subreddit and some in the Canada subreddit. Um, here are a couple comments from a thread called ask canada who else learned french in school by watching telefrancais and soul the clown um, and a couple of comments in here say if not for telefrancais i would never have learned that pineapples are anana and that they don't skydive best episode ever and the second one says i showed my american fiance an episode or two of telefrancais and he only thought to ask me if all canadian pineapples were ridiculous amounts of eye makeup I explained, of course, (laughs) that yes, they all do.
1: Yeah, Anana sports some beautiful green eyeshadow.
0: And then uh, one other post also in the Canada subreddit. This is the ideal male body. You may not like it, but this is what peak performance looks like. And it's just Anana. (laughs) Amazing. Of course. It's really good. Um, So that's all from Reddit. Jumping over to the Tumblr tag, uh, there's a couple of uh, (laughs) of, of really good... um, posts in here a couple of good text posts this one says uh every episode of Telefrancais those fucking kids pineapples don't talk what the fuck it's not possible pineapple get your head out of your ass Sophie <laughs> <laughs> oh. this one says I'm so happy there's a Telefrancais tag on Tumblr like a Telefrancais fandom except that instead of fans there are traumatized Canadians who had to learn French from a creepy pineapple <laughs> there's a there's a good cross stitch somebody did a very nice cross stitch there's one post where people have superimposed anana's face onto my hero academia characters i don't know why but they've done Ooh. it they've sure done All right. it right this is this is another one of my favorite posts um what she says i'm fine what she means Anana did nothing but exist, and yet the tables were turned against him. This is completely racist. Everyone goes around telling him Anana cannot do this, Anana cannot do that, Anana can talk, deal with it. And then when you think Jacques and Sophie are his friends, they leave Anana in the kitchen and they go to to a dinner party. We'll be right back, they said. Anana nearly became dessert. The chef tried to kill him and eat him while Jacques and Sophie were gone, pretending Anana did not exist. (laughs) In the previous episode, Adana tried to find a job, and they were like, "Adana can't get a job. No job isn't for Adana." What if Adana was good at delivering newspapers? Did you think of that? And then his only job available was becoming dessert Rude. and nobody would buy <laughs> his juice from his stand. <laughs> How dare they? The show's completely rigged. <laughs> wow. And then amazing. Um, it, probably my my favorite and final uh piece from the Tumblr tag. Uh it was just an edit of La Nana Del Rey. It is the born to die cover <laughs> art with his face photoshopped. Oh, I love it. just really good. Um, but funny that you should say uh, it would be a good niche Halloween costume because you bet your ass people have dressed up as <laughs> oh, for it. Halloween. You can find I'm some so some really choice pictures. And it's made me really wanna have like I've seen a lot of people this past Halloween have like very particular themed Halloween parties. It really makes me want to have like a, a CanCon childhood horrors themed Halloween party. Like you get you get oh, him that's and a there. Great idea. You get Nanolin. You get uh the ghost from Monster by Mistake. Maybe like the don't put it in your mouth don't puppets. Don't put it in your mouth, puppets. I uh, I can remove my arm, you can't. Um, <gasps> yes,
1: Astar, holy Astar,
0: shit. Angela Anaconda. Oh yes. Sticking around. Like it would it would just be just so good. So good. So Mm -hmm. maybe 2021, that'll come around. So you can find a lot of these episodes on YouTube um, in part because of uh, a CBC Vancouver contributor named Justin McElroy. Not that Justin McElroy, (laughs) (laughs) I did think for a second, Um, but this is from one of his CBC articles called The Most Popular Thing I've Ever Uploaded to YouTube. Um, Talking about the show, he says It was designed to help teach French to young Canadian schoolchildren, a sort of Muppets-Door-the-Explorer hybrid. In reality, it was like most educational films shown in grade school, a chance for both teacher and student to take a breather with the vague, doomed hope that learning would happen.
1: Plenty of educational
0: (laughs) videos have this distinction, though. Telefrancais, on the other hand, occupies an important place in CanCon education lore, to the point where the don't-put-it-in-your-mouth puppets appear as a related item on the YouTube page. Of course, okay. the internet bathes all confusing memories of yesteryear in a warm nostalgia. It turned out many, many people survived French classes in much the same way I did. So it's it's a fun article um, going through uh, this con- contributor Justin McElroy's site. He also has a fun bracket of Canada's most memorable pieces pieces of media. So uh, it's fun to click through and see like his kind of like power ranking of iconic nice. Canadian media. Um, another article I found, uh, this is called Canadian Childhood Television Character Power Rankings. Um, it's a CBC article written by Adam Christie. who's a very funny uh, Toronto comedian, also writer on the Baroness Font Sketch Show. So His his power rankings are as follows, and I thought this would be fun to go through. Uh, number 10 and yes. 9 are Nicholas Piccolis from video, ar- video and Arcade Top 10 and PJ Katie from oh. PJ Katie's Farm. Yes. Number 8, The Punisher from Uh-Oh. <laughs> number seven, Anana from Téléfrancais. Oh, yes. Number six, The Gang from Reboot. Number five, Bert and Gert from the Stay Alert, Stay Safe PSAs.
1: Yes. Four, Sharon Lowe's are Graham the bunnies, and Fred right? Penner.
0: That's correct. Number three, Phil and Snit from The Zone. Two, Pokeroo from The Polka Dot Door. And number one, The Friendly Giant from The Friendly Giant.
1: Amazing. I love Although it. Although I'm surprised Mr. Dressup's not on there if The yeah. Friendly Giant is on there. Friendly Giant and Mr. Dressup were always very like, I feel like they were on at about the same time, like they, their shows would follow each other, so I, I can't think of one without the other. Well,
0: Sammy, I, I can tell you that in researching this show, I did find, um, and I think it was part of that... Uh kind Of bracket that I was just talking about, an illustration of uh the friendly giant and Mr. Dress Up like going to fight each other as if it was like a boxing <laughs> match. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great, that was an absolutely delightful visual. I also just love that that article acknowledges PJ Katie because not, not enough Everybody like recognition of, of PJ Katie out in the world. So, in terms of uh merchandise, obviously a little weird to find uh merchandise for something like this, but I did find this t shirt. On Live Heroes, which is just absolutely beautiful. Um, You know, purple blown up uh, picture of Telefrancais. And it's got the Formidable, exceptionnel like from the uh, theme song. And then just like so many uh, aradas, like just composited (laughs) over this t shirt. It is horrendous, but it is beautiful. And there's also just like a ton of creators on uh, Redbubble who have uh, made some art out of that weird pineapple.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. And
0: for the first time in the history of the show, there are no documented reviews. (laughs) I cannot find I cannot find a single review of this show. I think mostly because most people saw it in the context of it being an educational video and not of it being an actual airing TV series. So it's like yes. not really seen in the same uh, context. But yeah, no no reviews. So all we've got is the critical reception of like, hey, did anybody else have to learn French through this weird fucking pineapple? I love that. That's great. But yeah, you can watch the full series on YouTube. It's been uploaded by uh various people. And uh it's it's an absolute trip. And continuing uh, you know, our, our long streak, and I think the one uniting thing through all these shows, absolutely banging theme song.
1: Formidable, <laughs> love it yeah yeah there's some good themes you know i feel like i feel like for for final episode maybe maybe for mickey's discs we should like pick our favorite like can theme songs <laughs> there's so many good ones lily i think we should change it back to the tempo that i wrote it in no no the lyrics scream ballad i was right to slow it down Look, I know what I'm doing. I am the songwriter.
0: They're rehearsing the song. Apparently, Lily has taken the the pace of Parker's song like way down and they finished their their rehearsal of it and Parker's like, "Lily, can, can we put it back to the pace that I had it at before?" And Lily's like, "I know what I'm doing. I'm the songwriter here. I I am the band." Oh. Um, And then Parker's like, well, can I change the bass line? Because I'm the bass player. And Lily's like, well, if you don't want it to sound good. And like very much gets on that power trip very quickly. Yeah. Parker gets fed up with it and she's like well this is a band let's put it to a vote and Lily's like no I'm I'm the music person here like as as if the other two aren't legitimate musicians who you know yeah are are like very valid and in-
1: instrumental haha parts of this band Parker finally like unplugs her bass and she's like fine you know what maybe it'll be for my solo record and Lily says oh Lily's like okay I already have a title for you straight to the 99 cent pin it's like Lily, Jesus Christ! You're being such a jerk. So mean. This is supposedly your best friend here. Come on.
0: <laughs> just, just so mean. Um, and at school the next day, the other two really just aren't having it with her. She's like, "Look, I said some things I regret. Said some things I didn't regret. I'm just trying to do what's best for the band. You know, I'm, I'm the lead singer. I like somebody's got to make the decisions here. And they're both kind of ignoring her." And Lily's like, okay, well, what what do we want to open with for our set tonight? And Parker's like, sure, whatever you want. And Lily's like, stunned an answer. And they're like, you decide, whatever, it's fine, it's your it's choice, okay. and yeah. just kind of uh, leave her leave her with that.
1: Which good. Uh, Parker confides to Travis on on the bench, the bench of uh, of, of feelings, uh, confessions, the feelings bench. Yes, that uh, you know. She's worried that Lily's become drunk with power and that it's only a matter of time before they change their name to something like Lily and the Lilettes. Travis tries to comfort Parker with Some sort of proverb about pines and cypress trees that I certainly couldn't follow, and it doesn't really help Parker either. (laughs) And so she just kind of leaves Travis there, and Travis is like, it is a good proverb. (laughs)
0: But we also get uh, Travis trying to help out on the Ray front Um, during Ray's previous set. We kind of got some shots of Travis in the audience cringing and, you know, seeing that Ray was going too far with all of this. Um, And we, we get a confrontation between Ray and Tim in the hallway and Tim's like, I can't believe that you would take the most like embarrassing things that have ever happened to me and make them a joke. Like we've done terrible things to each other, but I've never do something like that to you. So Ray's kind of stewing in those feelings, but it's still feeling, Damn. you know, very, uh, he's, he's my big brother and he's been terrible to me for so long. He's so this jerk. is me getting my revenge.
1: And Travis is like, it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> like, Why are you going to all these lengths? In the radio station, Lily's like, oh, I wish Parker hadn't written that stupid song. And Robbie kind of calls out Lily and says, you know, makes the point that she's she's just comfortable when it gets to be her show and she gets to be the one writing all the songs. And Robbie says that he kind of gets it. When Lily's songs really started taking off at RFR, he got possessive because RFR is kind of like his chance to be the voice of the people or whatever, right? And so. He understands what it's like to be kind of overprotective or possessive, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, RFR is for all four of them. And Lily's kind of you can see Lily's kind of like mulling that over because it's a band for crying out loud. It's not it's not the Lily show. So hopefully she's finally had a moment of realization.
0: Hello, hello. Um, before I start tonight's show, I would just like to mention the most embarrassing thing about Tim Brennan.
1: <laughs> it's the final scene at Mickey's. Like the culmination of everything, uh, it starts off with Travis and Parker having a very intense-looking staring contest. Megan's kind of the judge; she's looking back and forth between them, and Parker wins. And Travis is like, "What your what's your secret?" And Parker's like, "Focused rage."
0: It's very not <laughs> very Parker. It's very yeah. it's very upsetting to see Parker this angry. Um, oh, she's so mad! And you know, as Lily kind of comes up to them, be like, "Are you ready for for the show?" Um you can see it's it's still like super tense and bad between the two of them. But yeah. Ray gets up to do his MC bit and he leads and he's like, you know what the most embarrassing thing about Tim Brennan is and Tim's kind of, you know, in the audience, like, oh God. And Ray's like, his little brother Ray. And then dunks on yeah. himself for a little bit. And you're like, oh, Ray, good job. And then immediately <laughs> <laughs> pivots to Travis and then just starts, starts roasting Travis. And Travis is like, this isn't, this is what I meant. Oh, <laughs> I didn't no. I didn't mean me. <laughs> I didn't
1: ask for this. <laughs>
0: but it's been a long time since we've heard like all of the Travis insults that Ray has a cooking. And it's, yeah. it's just hit me that, like, we haven't heard, like, cheese plug or or anything like that come out of Ray in a while. Oh,
1: yeah. I think we haven't heard, it, like, this season. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The writing just has changed,
0: I guess. <laughs> the writing has changed to the point where they stopped using cheese plug. Like, that was, like, a common insult.
1: No more ska, no more cheese plugs. <laughs>
0: It's a different era. It's
1: it's a new season. (laughs) It's a
0: new season.
1: (laughs) The No Man's Land takes the stage. Lily's look in this, by the way, is just great. She's wearing one of those floppy paperboy caps, kind of off to the side, and her hair is all flipped out. Like, they're all just decked out. It it gives uh, me,
0: like, very much. Hillary Duff vibes at the at the point that I was like Hillary Duff's yes. biggest fan like this is a look that oh. I would have wanted to wear so badly I think I had like true. a paperboy hat like that but it was like pink and stripey so it's a very different vibe
1: <gasps> I remember that yeah. hat yes yeah. oh it's true yeah this would have been right about the time too wouldn't it oh yeah Metamorphosis came out in 2002 mm-hmm. it's it's still ice cold on the stage and Lily is like okay we're gonna start with this song and Parker looks very sad and Lily's like no you know what we're going to start with this other song, and I'm really proud of it because it's really good, and my best friend wrote it, and it's so cute, and they play the song the way Parker originally wrote it, and it's a really fun little song, basically just about Parker being Parker, about how she's not maybe romantic in the traditional sense, but she's just kind of funky, and she'll find another way to tell you that she loves you because she's Parker, and it's it's really fun. We get just a mo- good montage of everybody rocking out at Mickey's.
0: We get that and we get Tim and Ray uh making up and you know being on good terms again. We get like River <laughs> goofing off with them for a minute and like doing like the like
1: punching his arm a bunch kind of thing. Tim does this great speech about he's like, you know, Ray, I always knew you'd be good at something. I think that's why I always pushed you because I didn't want you to be in my shadow and we get this it's very good Ray just kind of looks at him for a minute like you're full of crap and Tim's like yeah but it sounded good and then they're just bonding over dunking on Travis again (laughs) doing like robot Travis impressions
0: so we get that makeup and then we get the the official Lily and Parker makeup of Lily being like I know that I freaked out when I saw how good your song was but that won't happen again this band has two distinct voices now and I'm so excited about it and they hug and then as they pull up part, we get like just a shot of like Megan between the two of them. She's like, I wrote a song. And we just (laughs) get Willie and Parker (laughs) staring each other down as the episode ends. Songs featured in this episode include The Summer Sends Its Love by Sherwood. This Could Take Forever by Kiddo. Take Out by Jets Overhead. Shine by Careless. And
1: Wildwood Drive by Maplewood Lane. So Maplewood Lane's featured a couple times on RFR. They were a Vancouver, B.C. band who were active from 1998 to 2011. I found a kind of a short profile on them on livevan.com, which is the go-to website for information about live bands in Vancouver. Um, So this, it's a little confusing because it is written in present tense, but basically, this five-piece band from the Vancouver area has been playing together since 1998. They began as three friends writing and recording early demos together in a basement studio on the Sunshine Coast, and they have since evolved as a band performing through the Pacific Northwest. Maplewood Lane have licensed songs to national TV shows, brackets, Radio Furosco, and film, Adam McGoyan's Cold Water. Songs from their full length have been featured on CBC Radio 3, have charted nationally on College Radio, and have reached radio playlists in Spokane and Bellingham. The band has played shows ranging from local concerts at the Commodore and the Media Club to music festivals such as New Music West. So the track Wildwood Drive is from their self-titled album, Maplewood Lane, released in 2002. I found a YouTube upload on it. There were only two comments, and it was kind of a sweet interaction, actually. One user commented, such a great song, and so few people heard it. And then somebody replied and said, this song became my favorite seven years ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. uh, the front woman Rebecca Rowan uh, she's in a new project these days it's called Kensington Prairie so still very kind of like a fun folksy name and according to their Facebook page Kensington Prairie will destroy you with their gentle melodies so all of their stuff both Kensington Prairie and Maplewood Lane is available on Bandcamp so if you want some kind of chill little bit poppy, vokey stuff go. Uh, that's uh, fronted by a very cool front woman go listen to Maplewood Lane If you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at
0: Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter.
1: You can also reach out to us over the good old Gmail at PodcastFreeRoscoe at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show, what your memories of RFR are, any of the CanCon stuff. We would love to hear from you. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off.